In this episode, I speak with Chinese medicine practitioner and holistic health consultant, Hava Mala. Hava grew up in a small town in Western Massachusetts, and when she turned 18, she moved to Israel. She spent two years of national service as a librarian in the Israeli army, then decided to study Chinese medicine. Hava went on to open two clinics, and over the 13 years of working with patients so far, she realized just treating people's physical pain wasn't enough and wanted to motivate patients to be more proactive about their health. Hava says most of the pain people suffer in the modern world is the result of lifestyle and habits. Too many of us don't know how to take care of ourselves. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Hava, it is so lovely to see you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Great to see you too. It's been a while and you are in, not that far from me, you're over in Israel. Mm-hmm. I'm in Dubai in the UAE, and I think it's been a few months since I saw you. We were in a program, and we got to know each other really well. I learned all about your business, and I was so fascinated with the whole concept behind it and learning about you having spent time in China as well. So I thought we may as well jump in with where did this journey start? for you in this field? Um, When I was a little kid, I wanted to grow up and be a doctor. Uh, I had this picture in my head of what doctors do. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to sit with people and learn about their problems and help them. And then at some point, I found out that doctors actually get on average seven minutes per patient and don't actually really talk to them very much or necessarily learn what their actual problems are. And I'm like, well, okay, that's, that's not what I'm going to be. Um, But I always really wanted to help people like to do something that actually alleviated suffering and pain in the world, I guess, was my goal. And when I was trying to decide what I wanted to study, I actually did it backwards from everyone else. I wrote down a list of what I wanted out of my future job. So I wrote down that I wanted to be able to be self-employed and set my own hours and work with my hands, but also like have something intellectually stimulating and be help, like work with people and help people and not sit at a computer all day. Like I had this, I had this really long list. And then I went out and I looked for things that might match it, (laughs) which it seems to be not what everyone does, but that's what I did. And at some point I got invited to an open house at a school for Chinese medicine. And I was kind of like, Chinese medicine, that's weird. But I promised myself, I like made a commitment because I, I was, I, I really wanted to like, I'd reach a stage in life where I wanted to like do the next thing. Like I'm going to go out, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to get a job. I, I kind of felt like I was, you know, I was ready. I wanted to move forward. I wanted to take the next step, but I didn't know what it was. So I made my commitment. I was going to do everything that people offered me. So I went to a school for civil engineering and I went, uh, I got, it was interviewed for all sorts of things, like to be a librarian, 
which I really liked, except that most of the job involved telling people to not put the books back on the shelves in the wrong place. I, I filled in for someone who was sick for like a couple months. And, and the library, it was like this, this building that had not been designed to be a library. It was all marble and giant glass windows. And it echoed like crazy. And most of the job was telling people where they were on the waiting list for the latest Harry Potter book. <laughs> so that didn't quite work out. So I went to the school, I ended up going to the school for Chinese medicine for an open day there. And I could not read anything that was on the blackboard because um, I'm bilingual and I'm dyslexic and half of it was in Chinese. So I was just like, okay, so if I go here, I just will not be able to read the board. Like that's cool. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I think it was in the borrowers, the book, the borrowers, like the old British, like kids book at some point, the little kid in the book, his family lived in India and then they came back to, to England. And at some point, like someone asked him why he can't read. And he says, I'm bilingual. That means I have trouble reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like there's upsides and downsides. But anyway, I like the downside, I fell in love with the place and I fell in love with the people and the library there. And I loved the atmosphere of the school. And it was a ridiculous commute. And it was really expensive because it's not in Israel, at least Chinese medicine isn't like a recognized field of study. So I couldn't use school benefits toward it or scholarships or anything like that. But, uh, but that's where I ended up going. And I love the studies. I love learning to see, you know, the world through a completely different perspective. Mm. Uh, like basically the first year of Chinese medicine school is just learning how to put on your Chinese medicine glasses and see. What do you mean by that? Because there's a particular way of yeah, there's like a particular How way of you're... seeing the world. Yeah. So it's like, say you are editing a podcast episode mm. and you really don't want to do the next step and you're stuck. All right. You're resisting it for whatever reason you have. So if you tell me that, then I can like think about it like psychologically, or I can think about it like the artist's way, resistance, overcoming, like kind of a, a more a more spiritual perspective, but a Western spiritual perspective. But mm -hmm. I can also look at it from the Chinese perspective and go, all right, so are you stuck? Because your wood energy isn't giving you enough drive to overcome the resistance? Are you stuck because your metal energy is overactive? And so you've slipped into this feeling of perfectionism? Are you stuck because your fire energy is being dampened by your water? And so you're not able to have come up with the motivation. And so like everything that happens in life, uh, there's this other way you can look at it as an interaction between energy. Mm. Uh, and that's what you have to learn. Energy is everything. We feel it. You go into an empty room and it's an empty room. You go into a room with people and you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so fascinated with that because a DJ can orchestrate an entire stadium of people mm -hmm. through the energy and the sound waves. Can you talk a little bit about these different energies? Uh, yeah. Can I talk a little bit? That might be the hard part. Uh, I can talk a lot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So trying to think where to start, how to summarize four years of, uh... okay, the most basic perspective is to look at the world and see the relationship between the yin and the yang energy, um, mm -hmm. which are the two complements and everything is made up kind of of a mixture of them, where the yin, it, it literally means the shady side of a mountain. And I, the yang means the sunny side of a mountain. Um, oh, so I didn't these, know that. These, these two complementary aspects that together make something up. Mm -hmm. um, and so, for example, I can say that my kitten 
has more young energy than my cat because she's, she's, she's more energetic. Like my cat just kind of lies around all day. She's pretty yin in her behavior. Whereas the kitten, like she might well come up and go hopping across the desk while we're talking. <laughs> so the yin is the more. Uh, the yang is like it's movement and it's light and it's change and it's action. And it's considered like the masculine energy, the one that acts and out in the, and affects the outside world. And the yin represents everything that's passive and everything that's receptive and everything that is nourishing. So we can split the world up into these two energies. And sometimes they're really helpful, but they don't give us enough information to really describe everything that's going on. And so then we can further subdivide the world using different systems. And one of the big ones is the system of the five energies or the five elements. Uh, which is how most people know them. Elements is not a good translation because it's kind of the opposite of what the word actually means. So the 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 whooshing, the words that's translated as elements literally means like to move or to take a step forwards or to perform an action. Um, and so it's a description of how things change or how how things yeah, how how one thing turns into another. For example, we can look at a human, right? The life of a person from conception to death. So when someone is a baby who's growing into a person, then they're growing their the process of their growth is kind of mostly moderated by the wood energy. So they're getting bigger and they're developing into like they're turning from a baby into a person. There's a lot of movement, there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of change. They're growing bigger, there's like a really physical aspect to it. And then you hit puberty and like the transition of puberty, it's a totally different change than the transition of growing from a baby into like uh, a kid. Um, and so puberty there, the change is more like fire. It's like you light a spark and all of a sudden <laughs> things are changing. Like the landscape is different. And yeah, that's a good, really that's a good and it's way really to think cold. about it. Exactly. And then, so after puberty, at some point through most of human history, most people like married someone or joined another household or joined a, diff- a tribe as an adult. And so then we talk about the earth. So that period of life, that change that you go through, that's like the earth where like the rains fall and then you plow the field and you plant the seeds and they come up and it's kind of regular and it's kind of repetitive and you're, and you're growing and you're nurturing and then you get older and you end up being grandma and all of a sudden you have less responsibilities and you can focus more on yourself. You kind of think, about the future of for, for your kids and for your grandchildren, but you're not necessarily like the one who's doing all the work in the tribe. And as then we look at that as like metal energy. It's like you're taking a knife and you're you can start cutting off all the unnecessary parts of life and just really focus on you and your spirituality and what you need or, and your family and your tribe. But like that's that's the period where you really get clarity. So and when you is- say cutting off I, you don't mean like in terms of people, like there's the, the release of family that goes out as family create other families. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, not, not in that way, not in that way, but in, in just like looking around your life and it's something I think a lot of people do at whatever age that they start realizing that mortality is a thing. 
It's like, you know, maybe I'm going to spend less time on video games and less time collecting candles shaped like pigs. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I collected candles shaped like pigs. I'm over it. But you know, there's things we put our energy into when we're like young and, and feel all of this potential. And at a certain point, you're like, some things in life are important and some things aren't. And you hope that and people I know get which to one that. Is which. Yeah, <laughs> ideally. You hope. Yes. Like hopefully you have some of all of these energies throughout all of your life and, and right. you can at a reasonably, you know, young age start trying to see what's important and what's not. But at a certain point that that becomes like the thing that you're focused on. Like what does my life need and what doesn't? And then if you keep going, then you get to the stage where you're there's not so much difference between the physical and the metaphysical or the spiritual. And then where you're just connecting to everything around you. And then we talk about the water energy where the water is eternal and unending. And it kind of represents the, the just the becoming one with everything. So for your type of work that you're doing with people, who are the kinds of people that are coming to you? What are the problems that they're looking to get help with? Okay, so I am currently doing two pretty different types of work. I'm doing hands-on work in the clinic and I'm doing consulting work over Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's about half and half. So in the clinic, uh, I see a lot of people with mostly physical problems at this point. It's like, before COVID and since COVID, there's been mm-hmm. kind of a change in the demographics. Um, right. There's been a change in like the problems people are suffering from and people's financial situation. And, you know, so much has changed. So right now, uh, what I'm seeing are mostly people either who are experiencing physical pain right now, migraine headaches, uh, back problems, knee problems, older people who are starting to just have all sorts of problems pop up. And it's kind of like playing whack-a-mole. Uh, <laughs> my elbow is think- getting better, but now my knee is collapsing. Um, right. And then the other thing is I see a lot of people with symptoms of stress and anxiety, but people can also just come in with the complaint of being too stressed. So they can't sleep, they have trouble focusing, all sorts of things like that. And so you do, you do this energy reading with them? Do you have them fill out? Right. So for the hand for the for the for the clinic patients, um, I I talk to them a bit. Um, Like I want to hear where they're coming from. I want to hear what's going on with them in life, what their official diagnosis is. Then I, I spend more time actually checking what's going on in their body. So I take their pulse. uh, I look at their tongue, I feel all up and down their bodies, like what the amount of tension is and all sorts of different muscles. Um, I look at how they walk, I I listen to how they speak, you know, someone who's got uh, back pain, say, and walks slowly into the room, introduces themselves and then pulls out all of the documents from their doctor, probably has a different sort of energy mix in their body than someone who bursts into the room and drops their bag on the floor and sits down on the table and goes, I forgot, I printed off all of my documents, but I forgot them. You don't need them, right? Because you can just like feel what's going on with me. You know, so in one of those people, I'm going to look more for indications that there's a lack of energy flow in the body and that maybe the the muscles are really stiff and they're not moving right. And for the other one, I'm going to look more at maybe someone who's overworked and who isn't careful with their posture, who may have pulled a muscle or slipped a disc. So yeah, because because we do see people as holistic, like I can look at the I can look at how people talk in order to get a sense of what their body's doing. And I can 
check things out in people's bodies in order to see what's going on with them, you know, at a, at a, on a mental or on a psychic level. I think that we don't necessarily take responsibility for our own bodies a lot of the time. And this was a big thing that we saw when COVID happened. It was the stop and it was, you know, for people to sit quietly with themselves, I think is really difficult because they probably have never done that or for a really long time. And all of a sudden, how do I, how do, I do this? How do I sit with myself? But that mindfulness is so important for our mental, physical, spiritual health all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you said when people don't take responsibility for their bodies. I mean, I have patients come in. This happens to me, you know, more than never is sad, but like about once a month, someone will come in and a new patient and I'll be checking them and I'll say something like, wow, your muscles here are really, really tense. And I'll say, really? And I say, yeah, like your shoulder muscles are really tense. I, that's like impressively, impressively uh, tense. And they'll say, does that mean that my shoulder hurts? And I'll say, well, I like you could probably answer that better than me, but it would make sense to me that your shoulder hurts. And they'll go, it's usually a woman, and she'll say, but like it makes sense that if I if I lift my arm up like this, my shoulder will hurt. And I'll say, yep, that makes total sense to me. I think it'd be weird if your shoulder didn't hurt. And then she goes, you mean I really am in pain? Because the doctor told me I can't be in pain because there's no reason for me to be in pain. So it must not actually be pain, or it's all in my head or something. And, and I have people actually ask me, they'll say, am I in pain? Like, really? <laughs> yeah. That's so bizarre. I think that's so sad. But yeah, so there's, so there are people who are like ignoring the pain warnings because they're busy and they're pushing through and they get to the point where like their body kind of stops telling them until something goes wrong. But this is something else. This is like women who have been told over and over and over again, you're not in pain. There's nothing wrong with you. And, and until they internalize it. Right. The suppression. And then really sad. we see this all the time, though. Um, you know, that's th- actually quite fascinating for me is, or you know, someone's moving along, whatever, there's a conversation or something will happen. And then, then there's like an outburst. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, she's crazy or what's her problem? And actually, there really is something because that's not normal human everyday behavior and interaction. It shouldn't be, I should say. Mm -hmm. We are told to suppress. We are told not to express ourselves. And if we do look out, (laughs) you have to brace yourself. You have to have courage to express yourself. And something will trigger that emotional response and it bursts out. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power, but that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really wanna create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. 
This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer, and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. One of my teachers actually told me, like one of my teachers who specialized in gynecology that based in his opinion one of the, or, or based on like the studies that were done that he, that he was involved in, one of the reasons for um, like emotional outbursts being uh, something that women experience, that some women experience during uh, like PMS or during menopause is because it's normal. Like people expect women to do it. So it's like socially acceptable. You go through life being told, you know, it's not okay to be angry. It's not okay to yell. But then during like these two days of the week or this year of your life, all of a sudden, everyone's expecting you to be a crazy yelling bitch. And if you if you've repressed up until then, sometimes if you just take that opportunity to let it all come out. <laughs> right. Raw. Yeah. I think they feel better for it because it's with crying, we're made to be able to cry and to have Mm -hmm. tears shed. And it's really difficult. You know, I see a lot of people now working with men and the history of men having to be strong and not show emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think they are equally as confused about what the hell they're meant to be. Oh, yeah. As women are (laughs) trying to keep a lid on your emotions and everything. And it's so backwards. How does how is it that a majority of the world has this backwards when there are really really intelligent people out there? Because intelligent people aren't enough. We we live in societies. We live in in clans, we live in communities, we live in tribes. One human being on their own, like one person who doesn't interact with anyone else, like a monk in a cave or something, you can't objectively say whether they're sane or not, right? Like if they, if they don't talk to anyone or, or interact with anyone, so you can't see how they react to another person, then, then, then they all by themselves might be aware of things, might learn things. But until they're interacting with more people, they're not part of, of the human condition in a way. There was uh, there's a story I heard um, 
someone who was in this in this uh, interview with the Dalai Lama. And he talked about this monk who had been meditating in a mountain in a cave in a mountain for eight years, and who came out of the cave and he came down the mountain for the first time in eight years, because the Dalai Lama was like, in the village, and the person who brought him food once a week mentioned that the Dalai Lama was going to be stopping. And he so he like came in and asked to meet with the Dalai Lama. It was the first time he'd spoken to someone. Like, you know, he, he heard things from, like, from the, the guy who brought him some food. The first time he'd spoken to someone in eight years is to ask to speak to the Dalai Lama. And then he tells the Dalai Lama, like, I've been in a cave. I've been meditating. These are the insights that I achieved. Um, this is the spiritual level I'm at now. Now what do I do? And the Dalai Lama looks at him and says, you need to get a life. And the monk goes, what? And the Dalai Lama's like, this is the spiritual level. It's amazing. Now you need to come live in the village and interact with people and share what you've learned. And, Which and is, let other people learn from you. We are social creatures and uh, people so desperately want to connect and we get territorial in our little tribes of yeah, let, who well, we let in and who <laughs> we don't. And it's, um, it's a whole cycle, right? Yeah. Well, our brains, you know, aren't designed for the world we live in. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so much stimulation. There's so many more people than we're designed to be able to keep track of. And so I think maybe things, it's easier for us to latch on to like the simple, easy things, because we're dealing with so much more information than our brains were designed to, to cope with. I found an article on Medium that this guy went through step-by-step step how to disable just within your phone alone, the applications that you use, how to go, how to navigate through them. Because when you think about the capabilities of Facebook, the capabilities of Instagram, they are extremely complex and have so many touch points, so many ways to get in and out and around. And I'm so much more aware of every time there's an update and a change and it's forcing you to do this and you have to do this. And I recently had to turn something on Facebook Protect. I don't know why, but it said it will literally lock me out until I turn on this additional wow. security. For me, social media, I don't want to be like that attached to it, that mm -hmm. if something happened to it, that my life would cave in. I mean, I think for anybody that would not be very healthy. Yeah. Just to see it as a tool and use it as one. Yeah. People get very stuck in it. I have to remind myself of getting off it. There's a productivity app. I think it's called Forest. Have you? I think you've seen that one where like, if you don't turn your, if you don't like put stuff down on time, your little tree dies. Your tree dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Becoming more mindful and, you know, bringing it back around to, especially the work that you do. It's so interesting because it's coming from a very grounded place and a, a place that people don't really, they don't really go there mm -hmm. that often. What are some tips that you would have for people to be able to connect? Just being at home in terms of being able to connect with themselves more. Um, okay. Tips in general is interesting because I usually work with people one-on-one -on -one and I give like very designed for that person and their energy mm -hmm. and their, their balance of energies advice. But in general, like things that help us connect to ourselves uh, specifically um, is everything associated with the water element, uh, with the water energy. And mm -hmm. so that could be anything from meditation or journaling, like mm. these things that help us connect to ourselves inside to things that actually involve water 
So if you have the chance, if you live somewhere where there's water nearby, going out and being on the beach or by a stream and contemplating the water and our connection to, you know, the world as a whole um, helps us connect to ourselves on this, on this very specific level of, of seeing ourselves as unique, but not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or even things like if you have a bathtub, floating in a bathtub is, is one way to feel your entire body and to feel like the boundaries and the borders of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way uh, you can connect with yourself. I really like uh, open-ended questions with journaling. So just like mm, taking a piece yes. of paper and writing on the top you can write things like, what do I really want? Or why am I angry right now? Uh, like you can ask yourself questions and get them answered, but it has to happen outside of your head because, um, okay. Have you ever been with a group of people who are trying to decide where to go to eat? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and they all want to go to going, a different place. I don't know. Right? I don't know. And they can't make a decision. Or they can't make up their mind. All right. And then someone says, for example, let's get pizza. And as soon as you hear him say, let's get pizza, you're, you're going to feel like whether you're pro pizza or against pizza, right? Right. Like you feel it in your belly. Okay. So our, our nervous system, our, our belly, our gut has a lot of nervous connections, it's got a whole nervous system in there and it will respond to things that happen, but it can't hear the thoughts that are inside our head. Like the part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, where we have like a little soundtrack of like, maybe I should go get pizza. Maybe I should go get falafel. Um, like those thoughts, the gut can't hear them. There's no direct connection between that thinking part of the brain and the gut. You have to say it out loud or write it down in order for all of these other parts of your nervous system to be able to take it in. Because as long as the words are just inside our skull, not all of our brain can actually hear them. The, the, your inner monologue does not include all of your thoughts. All right. Of the, but all of speaking it out or writing but it speaking, out. Yeah, speaking or writing it out, because then you're taking it back in through your senses. And our, insti- our instinctive nervous system is very finely tuned to our senses, right? Because we always have to be ready to run or to pounce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or to dog because of those dinosaurs um, right because <laughs> <laughs> of those dinosaurs because of you know that car that might come up on the sidewalk because of the saber-toothed tiger because someone else might get the last blue m&m i don't know did, when you were a kid did you think all the m&ms had different flavors that was like a thing in my oh, family for sure and i i right? used to really pull them apart and i very much dislike peanut except in Thai food. Don't even try to understand that. <laughs> no, I get it. I get but, it. It's part of the whole, it's part of a wider, I don't understand broader it. concept. But yeah. I used to literally dissect and be like, I think it's the red ones. No, it's yeah. the blue ones. Right. And so. Really, so, genius so, marketing, genius marketing. Absolutely. So our, so our gut can, can see through, like it's, it's got connections to our eyes. It's got connections to our ears and our nose and our mouth. Like if we smell something, if we taste something, if, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't hear the words that are just inside. And so that's why journaling, and that's like, I think that's half of the reason that, that therapy is so good. I mean, I'm very pro therapy. Um, I think everyone after a year and a half oh, of COVID probably I, needs therapy, but I think half the benefit of it is just that you get things out of your head and then you can like reintegrate them into. I think it's essential. System. And that's interesting that you talk about the journaling because right here I have <laughs> the Daily Stoic and the Daily Stoic Journal, Ryan Holiday. And 
I'm going to be uh, doing, you know, Enjoy. using both in tandem mm -hmm. and going through where I read something every day and I journal, I write something in the morning and then I, uh, I do a reflection in the evening. So yeah, that was the big stoic thing, right? It was like looking <sighs> over the day. I'm and... excited. I'm yeah. really excited. And yeah, but they, but they do emphasize, right? You have to write it down. It's not like lying in bed, running yes. the tape through your head and, and ruminating and going, you have to get it down. And, and this is head. why journaling is such a superpower. And it makes sense once you have it out, because we don't have full awareness of what it is that we're doing. And by writing it out, we can see mm -hmm. very clearly, okay, I didn't pick up on that before. And this keeps happening. And then you can use those open-ended questions, knowing about something, reading about something as much as you want, or taking action to create that thing. Completely different. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot compare it. And this is where people get stuck and they get frustrated and they don't realize because they don't have the awareness. But once you start to get more aware of what you're doing, then you can uncover it and work on things that are more related to the core issues. Mm -hmm. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like sometimes we do have to dig through a lot of surface issues oh, so in order to get to what's really going on. And it's, uh, yeah, and so that's why like the, the system I use, the system of like analyzing energies I use, it's called the heavenly stems and the earthly branches. And the idea is like what we see down on the earth, that's just the branches. That's the, the, the fruit and the flowers and the leaves. But if you really want to know what's going on, you're going to have to climb up the tree and see where the, the roots uh, are coming out of heaven. That sounds beautiful. There's so much to be learning about ourselves, but we're constantly distracted by all of the surface things. And we think we want something, but isn't it interesting? Sometimes I think I want something. And when I really think about it and I don't get that thing straight away, or I try not to get it straight away, especially, you know, if it's food or something, mm -hmm. sometimes I might stress eat mm -hmm. <laughs> Some, or I, I would call it overwhelm eat. I have, I'll start <laughs> to think about all the tasks that I have to do and get so overwhelmed <laughs> that I'll run for the fridge. Mm -hmm. But then when I realize I'm doing that, I make sure that it's at least something healthy. It's really interesting because this happens with a lot of people, mm -hmm. not knowing really what it is that we want. And isn't it crazy when you think about it, we are just getting satisfaction, surface level satisfaction for all those things on the surface. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would somebody buy this? Well, maybe they will get attention and that fulfills a need to feel seen. The, the need for attention is very, it's a very deep human need to know that other people see us and care about us and that we're part of something. And if that means yeah. buying drive something, a lot of behaviors to yeah. make that happen, it's very interesting. And also getting connection. Mm -hmm. People will fall into crazy relationships where they know that they're not especially good for them. Mm -hmm. I know I've been in situations like that when I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll fix them. <laughs> Talk about a learning curve. That is uh, a learning curve. We musical guys and dolls. Yes. The song yes. and that musical, Marry the Man Today. Of course, is Marry the Man Today and Change Him Tomorrow. 
Ugh. And I remember like, so my, I think my dad put the soundtrack on because he liked to listen to show tunes while he was cooking or something. And my mom's walking through is I'm singing along to marry the man today. And she's like, now just remember good song, terrible advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of my friends have even, you know, they're in positions that had they thought it through, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be in those positions. They've actually said that. And we will literally dive into things to get a need met and then think about it later. Like, okay, mm-hmm. that wasn't such a great idea. Quite, quite literally. Yeah. So that's why with my, with my online work, I call myself an intentional life coach mm-hmm. because I'm all about deciding what you actually want and go out. Like I'm about the intention about thinking it through and deciding and then going for it rather than just reacting. That is probably one of the most difficult things to do. And if you are not, if you do not have an intentional daily practice, forget it. It, Mm -hmm. and I think people just skate through their life and they (laughs) do all these things and think that's just, that's just life. That's how it is. I don't know, each to their own, I suppose. Absolutely. You know, if, if, if they're happy with what they get, then that's great. Mm, surface level happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think some people, I think that if you're, if you're part of a community, if you're part of a healthy community where the values, that the, the community values are, are work for you and the ideals and the lifestyle are what you want, then, you know, because that's how we're made. We're made to just like do what our tribe does, survive together. And, and if you're lucky enough to have that, um, you know, to be born into a small town, which doesn't have any weird secrets and it's actually supportive and, doesn't exist. you know, but yeah, I know. But, you know, there, I think there are people who can be happy just living their everyday life, but yes, life has gotten so complicated for so many of us that- yeah. We need to stop and think about it. It's like, you know, you got to read the instructions before putting the IKEA thing together. <laughs> you got to take five minutes and, of planning before you move on to the action. Yeah, exactly. And we just, I think we just rush into so many things. Mm-hmm. Although when it comes to work, I do like that philosophy of kind of diving in and thinking about it later. It all depends on what the thing is. So yes, of course, some things. Yeah. I mean, you have to know what you're going for, right? Yes, yeah. So it's like, exactly. so I might know the end goal. I don't know what the next step is. So I'll try a lot of things and see which one actually gets me closest to my goal for sure. Mm. But uh, mm. So how can people find you? Um, people can Obviously, find Obviously, this is for online for your mm-hmm. coaching work. You can find me uh, online. I have a website, which is treesoflifecoaching.com. No dashes or dots or anything. Uh, and it's trees with an S, plural, because of everything I've talked about, about people being social and needing to work together. So a big focus of my coaching is not just how to get your life working for you, but how to really form good connections with other people and have healthy relationships. And I have an Instagram, which is at Trees of Life Coaching. Harvard, thank you so much for joining me thank today you. for this lovely chat. And I look forward to seeing you know how your coaching business continues to develop thank you thank you so much for having me on it was great talking and i'm looking forward to hearing more of your podcast because you you certainly find interesting people to talk to thanks so much hava i'll speak to you soon you've just finished listening to an episode of rare conversations 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.